0: So check out Sunset Lake CBD today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. That's sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. Farmer-owned, Vermont-grown, Sunset Lake CBD. Hey listeners, I want to tell you about a new partner, Arostia, Arostia. A new coffee roaster based in Queens. This company was created by and is run by a huge fish fan, Andy Hollander, who hasn't caught a hold your head up since twelve fifteen ninety five, but is definitely not bitter about it. I've had this coffee and it's really great. Andy started roasting coffee during the pandemic, taught himself, and then that turned into this label, Arostia, which launched late last year. I had a bag of the Ethiopian coffee and it was gone really quickly because I liked it so much and I drank a lot of it, and I need more. The beans were grown at an altitude of 2,100 meters above sea level, which contributes to a dense bean that continues to develop its flavors after the roasting process is done. The tasting notes include apple, raisin, and caramel. And there are more coffees coming very soon. So support this fan-owned business and try the coffee today. And for Osiris listeners, there's a 10% discount code on the site. Use the code OSIRIS at checkout for 10% off your order. And stay tuned for the launch of a coffee subscription. You can order and sign up for the mailing list at arostia.com. That's A-R-O-A-S-T-I-A.com. And you can find Arostia on Instagram and Facebook. Thanks, Arostia. Hey, listeners. I want to tell you about a sponsor, Music Masters Collective. Registration is open, spots are filling up, so check it out soon. And scholarships are available. Check out MagicalMysteryCamp.com slash Helping Friendly to learn more.
1: Too cold to start a fire, I'm burning diesel, burning dinosaur bone. I'll take the river down the still water and ride a pack of dogs. I'm gonna break. I'm gonna break my. Gonna break my rusty cage and run. I'm gonna break. I'm gonna
2: break my.
0: Gonna break my rusty cage. Hey everyone, this is the Helping Friendly Podcast. This is episode 125. We're here with Brando from Cash or Trade. Hey, man. Hey, how's it going? Going well. I'm here with Matt as well. Hi, Matt. Hey, everyone. Um, we are missing Jonathan and Brad, but we are we are carrying on um, with Brando. Um, Brando, we haven't had you on yet, even though over the past several years we've been emailing and um, we've had a cash or trade widget on our blog for some years and you guys have helped us push out content. So we've been collaborating, but you guys haven't, uh, haven't been on yet.
2: Nice. Thanks for having me. Pumped.
0: Yeah, um, you guys are doing a lot of really really cool work, so we're we're looking forward to to diving into that. Thanks, um, likewise. Yeah, and I guess before we dive into the the interview, and then we're going to play some music, of course. Um, I think this will be the last full episode of 2017. We'll do a couple quick hits um, around the MSG run, but yes. um, yeah. So we're looking forward to kind of reflecting on on fish and and hearing your story, Brando, and also. Looking forward to 2018. So um, a few things we want to talk about first before we jump in. First, of course, we have the MSG run coming up. Um, Matt, Jonathan, Brad, and I will all be at American Beauty on December 29th, starting around 3 o'clock, Matt.
3: I think that's it. Opening for Polyvamp, as uh, we've mentioned in the last couple of episodes. Really excited to uh, do our our best job uh, setting those guys up.
0: Yeah, I don't know how 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 we're gonna open up for a band, but we're gonna do it. Um, as you, I think you said that last time, Matt, that there were, that was the uh, the the old old school way where stand up comics used to open up for rock bands, right? We're doing that.
3: Yeah, I mean that's how like you know used to have like uh, I think Steve Martin open up for the Blues Brothers and stuff like that, so. Uh, we, we are not nearly in the same league as, as Steve Martin nope. uh, and hopefully everybody enjoys what we have to say, but, uh, <laughs> know that the blues brothers are coming and it's going to be a good time. Yeah.
2: Good for you guys. That's awesome.
0: <laughs> it'll be fun. I mean, we had a, we had one in, in, um, July this, uh, I don't remember what night of the Baker's dozen that was, but the second Saturday and we had, uh, we had a good showing and we learned a lot, Matt. That's what's most important. Every time we do something, we learn and it'll be even better this time.
3: Yes, we learned to put ourselves in a room with a stage and a much bigger sound system so we can drown out all you people while you chit-chat with each other.
0: See, I, w- I wasn't going to go there. I was just going to say we learned a lot, but, <laughs> but you know. <laughs> tough love, tough love. Now you know what we learned. Um, the other thing I wanted to just mention is that the um, we got a lot of good feedback on the uh, interview that we did with um, Adam and um, Shania several, I guess it was like two months ago now on the sort of racial equity in the fish scene conversation. And those guys have been um, guys and girls over there. They have a big mailing list going and people are having conversations, et cetera. And they're going to do a meetup um, around the MSG run. And they wanted me to sort of pass along some info. If if anyone's interested in um, hearing more about what they're up to or joining their mailing list, their email is fans with a pH for racial equality at gmail.com. We'll also link that in the show notes. Um, so get in touch with those guys if you want to participate. They've been moving yes. forward since our episode, which is pretty cool. So a lot of good conversation has been had. Um, And so Brando, um, as we said, we've had a lot of interaction with Cash or Trade. Of course, I, I know we've all used it um, some more recently than others. Um, we're really excited to dive in. But I um, want to start with just before we even talk about Cash or Trade, how how did you get into fish? How did you discover the band? What's your history like?
2: Ah, gosh, let's see. Fish played 1992 Holman Stadium in Nashua, New Hampshire. Uh, They were opening for Santana. Did not know who Fish was, but definitely knew who Santana was. And I remember driving by, seeing the sign, and, um, you know, in high school, and kind of wishing I went to that show. I didn't go to that show, but my sister did. And she said it was a great time. And she's like, wow, this opening band, Fish. you guys got to see them. So fast forward to 1993, um, New Year's, uh, wait, no, not New Year's, um, not yet. Um, May 8th, uh, UNH Fieldhouse, uh, small show in a gym. Fish was playing, a bunch of my friends were going. And um gosh, even back then, um we, you know, were kinda late to the game and we were wanting to go, but tickets were already sold out. And we were like, ah shit. Well, we went to a ticket broker back then and we actually bought the tickets for fifty bucks, which I think face was like eighteen twenty-five. <laughs> So, you wow. know, my first, my first fish show, I actually got scalped on, <laughs> but I really <laughs> wanted to go. And, um, I was so thankful we did go, um, killer show. I mean, just, I didn't know what mm-hmm. I was getting into, but, uh, afterwards set the set list was just awesome. Um,
0: Jessica Tees and David Bowie. That's like the, right. Yeah. And that's what that one's, or that's what I remember that one for. But I remember having those tapes early on.
2: There was a well circulated. Tape. Yeah, it certainly was. Um, and then, you know, that that just turned us on. I mean, at that point, it was fish everything, you know. Signed up for the uh, Doniac Shavice, started getting the newsletters, uh, was pinning them on the wall. You know, it wasn't long before I had every newsletter, like, stripped across my wall and, um, <laughs> you know, made it down to, uh, we wanted to do the New Year's run. My parents wouldn't let us, but uh, Dusty and I were able to make it to New Year's '93, '94 at Worcester Centrum. Wow! So you and Dusty have been seeing shows since since the beginning. Uh, not the very beginning, but yes, '93, Nin- '93 awesome. was the first year for us, and that was really the first year we started to see music. You know, like we were just old Mm -hmm. enough to, Mm -hmm. to, you know, I mean, I was like 14, 14 or 15, just starting to poke out. Um, I guess how it went was that year, I think we saw, uh, we saw Fish first, and then we might have hit up Lollapalooza. And then we were able to get uh, a couple dead shows at the Boston Garden in that September. And then we finished the year with, uh, with Fish at Worcester Central. And that was the start
0: of our music wow. career, so you guys I think we're the same age because i was I was born in seventy nine um, were you seventy nine uh, so you guys were seeing shows early like I don't know I was born in seventy nine and didn't see my first fish show since ninety five because I was sixteen, but it sounds like you guys were out out earlier did you have? Was that your older sister who was driving you to shows? And I would say she was an influence. Good, cool parents.
2: Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. she was definitely listening to the dead around the house, um, you know, and got us into it. Um, and Fish, I think, was more just like a bunch of my friends were going to that show. And uh, we were like, going to do this. Like, we can't miss out. I remember my buddy being like, you guys don't even know who Fish is. <laughs> and, and I remember saying, like, that's okay. Like, we just want to go and have fun. And, um, yeah. And then after that, we became like the biggest fish fans out of any of our friends. So,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Matt, Matt, how old were you when you saw your first show? Like 16, 17?
3: Uh, no, I was d- 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 20, just about 20. to turn tw- okay. 21. But I got, I, we've discussed this at length in the past. I got fucked yeah. by the first hiatus.
0: Yeah, I know. I didn't mean to bring it up just so you could. Say that again and revisit a painful memory. Yeah. I just, oh.
3: just turn in the knife a little bit more.
0: <laughs> Did you see that Penn State show in '97? I can't remember.
3: No, I was, well, I was, I was 15, yeah. man. And and I, and, and I did not have the type of parents that would have allowed, I, I keep telling myself, I'm like, man, why didn't I just like, why wasn't I cool? Or why did I know about fish when I was younger? And like, they would not have let 15 year old me go to a fish show. They would have looked up stuff about fish and been like, oh, this is a drug band. You're mm. not going to see them. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: I had similar parents. 16 was like the, was the earliest for me, but, um, but Brando at school. And also they were playing a lot more up. I um, assume you grew up in New Hampshire. Yeah,
2: I grew up uh, Vermont, yeah, right yeah. next to Nashua, a uh, small town called Huff. So, um, yeah, Parents were tough. It was a rough time, man. We were pretty rebellious. Dusty's a bit older than me, like, I don't know, 15 months. But the way our birthdays fell, so like he had his license like in freshman year. So that totally helped. Like I wasn't able to get my license until like mid junior year, you know? So but because he was driving, like we were on the road. So we actually those dead shows we we, we ran away from home. <laughs> that was uh a, was, a, was a rough time. <laughs> but
0: the running away from home stories are great, especially if they involve the beautiful yeah. dead. That's awesome. Good for you guys. Um and did you did you continue on straight through, like, seeing shows as, as often as you could until the hiatus and second Yeah, I mean, hiatus. you know, my
2: sister was older, so she, like, 94. Uh, 94 came up after that New Year's, and her and her boyfriend hit that whole summer tour. And we were just, like, so jealous we couldn't be on it. Um, but, yeah, we were way too young. Um, but we were like, that's when we really started to follow it because she was, like, giving us the updates along the way.
0: That's amazing. Calling you from a payphone. Yeah. Totally.
4: <laughs>
0: it's amazing. Um, that's how infinite information traveled back then. You know, you can't. You couldn't just like. Couldn't yeah. live tweet the yeah. shit. Kind of amazing to think about. And then the tapes, tapes traveled mm. more slowly, and everything. Yeah,
2: taping. Wild. I. Um, um, you know, the internet was barely internet yet. Um, you know, there wasn't mm-hmm. like. It well, wasn't like really web pages. I got on uh, rec.music. What was it? Net? You ever hear that? It was a uh, a news group or dot fish. Okay, yeah, yeah. and um, yeah. I, I mean, I barely knew what any of this was. You know, just like it was like a message board, and um, you know, I started collecting tapes at that point. Um, so we got on this message board and I was trading like I think the it was like an 18 pack of XL2 mm-hmm. Max L mm-hmm. XL2S tapes, and uh, and that was yeah, it. Man. We were sending these blocks back and forth in the mail with these people mm-hmm. I barely ever talked to, you know, and uh, <laughs> getting these like these little J cards with everybody's like handwritten set lists and. Yeah. I would listen to a single take and redo the set list based on my own criteria. Cause I didn't quite trust the person <laughs> who did it. Like, awesome. was that really a segue or not? <laughs>
0: you know? Wow. You were hooked from an early <laughs> yeah. age. That's great. Um, I did, I, I had color coded, um, J cards that I printed out different ones for, for each year. Everyone had their own little twist on it. Um, and, what 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 was one of the early moments that you that you realized like this band is is worth the the time
2: gosh i mean you know i i think right off the bat at that that uh unh show um i dropped my wallet like almost right after i got out of the car and some guy like picked it up and came running up to me He was like hey dude or hey brother you dropped your wallet man I was like, wow, thanks so much. Like everything was in it, you know, and he gave me a hug and like, that was it. That was the beginning of it. And I was just like, man, this is like, this is what it's about. Like people are having fun. They were there for each other. There was like support and, uh, and it was a great time. Excellent. That's awesome.
0: Um, and what, and did you continue through, through sort of the hiatus and then 2.0, 3.0. Have you kind of soldiered on yeah, through the whole thing? Yeah.
2: Then uh, yeah. a hardcore fan. I will say though, like I was never really able to do these full on tours where these people who have three and 400 shows under their belt, you know, they were doing like full tours every year. And um, I've only done one full summer tour and then a half of one summer tour. And besides that it's still yeah, pretty good. besides that it would be like you'd hit up like four or six, six nights in a row and like mm-hmm. hit like a string like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Full tours are hard.
0: I don't know. They're hard for me at least. I've never done a full yeah, tour. Back for then, sure. dude, they were like um,
2: I don't know, like thirty, forty shows or something.
0: Yeah. Take a lot of time and a lot of planning too. And a lot of like a lot of, you know, advanced planning.
3: Well, and it's also like, do I do a summer of fish tour or do I do like a summer internship mm-hmm. and, you know, work towards my career or mm-hmm. like have like a, you know, real job and make money to pay for books next semester or something like that? So it's a lot of hard decisions that people had to make. Mm-hmm.
0: Definitely. And, and a lot of people went, you know, did that in different orders. And some people went back, back to school. And yeah, it's interesting. We just, I never really thought of it as an option to like just go on the road, but I, in retrospect, I would encourage my 19 year old self to do that probably because they can you know what, go would, back to
1: school.
3: I, I would too. But the fact of the matter is that I like having fun at fish shows too much. And I would not have been like, okay, I'm going to go and I need to make sure that I'm like, this is what I'm selling on lot every day to get myself to the next show. Cause of mm-hmm. course I didn't have any money when I was younger. Um, I would never have done that. I would have been like, you know what? I just would like, like to hang out in the parking lot and sit in my car and drink beers and then go into the show. Oh, wait a minute. I was supposed to sell like a case of beer so that I could have gas money to get to the next show. Oops. So (laughs) one way or another, one way or another, I think it's, it's a type, certain type of person that, that it's meant for, you know?
2: Yeah. I mean, seeing my sister, um, you know, kind of showed us the way a little bit, And I was like, you know, you you have to work. You know, this is what Mm -hmm. you want to do. So Dusty and I, um, we bought like a Ford Aerostar van and redid the inside. like a cabinet and stuff. (laughs) Big was uh, veggie burritos. Nice. So it's actually funny. um, What was it? It was 98 summer tour. We wanted to go. Or 97. We wanted to go in 96 after we graduated uh, high school. But mm-hmm. um, my dad got sick, so we had to stay close to home. Mm-hmm. So we were like, we're definitely going next year. So in 97, we went out and we actually, we were doing a lot of backpacking and hiking. So we went out and uh, summited some mountains in Wyoming first. Wow. And um, then we caught uh, the gourds, So we got like 12 shows Um, on the second half of tour. And, um, yeah, we showed up to the gorge a night early, and we, like, busted out. Like, we're going to do, like, just half as much. We did 50 burritos that first night. And we didn't – we weren't sure who was playing because it wasn't fish. We were there the night early. And uh, it turned out to be, like, iced tea. (laughs) a bit of a different crowd as you can imagine. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there we were like these 14, 15-year-old kids or I don't know, maybe 16 at that point, uh trying to swing burritos to an iced tea crowd wow. at the gorge. Did you meet your did did you meet your goal? Uh we did. We learned to um yeah. stop saying veggie. Uh-huh. <laughs> and we kind of sold the burrito and then would slip away in the cars. Um
0: so Brando, let's we're we're going to come back to 93 and then we're going to we're going to we'll come back to ni- 2017 too cuz I think it's good to just we can end with sort of where we are now but let's let's change gears a little bit and talk about Cash or Trade. Um when did you guys started what was the the genesis of the idea? Like how did you how did you had was there a eureka moment or was it sort of something that was long in the works?
2: Uh yeah, well, <clears throat> what was it like November 2008? Where they announced they were coming back, um, for March, um, at Hampton, right, in Virginia, and uh, we were like, oh, obviously, we have to be there, and we tried to get tickets, and they sold out right away, of course, and then StubHub and other reseller sites had them. Literally, I remember seeing like two thousand dollars. And we were just like blown away and pretty just like disgusted over it. And, um, you know, this has been going on for years, but I mean, if you think back, like times, times like changed, like there was a time when, when tickets were like brick and mortar, um, ticket outlets where you stood in line or, or you camped out overnight even, you know? And, uh, and scalpers and brokers like most of them were in line too uh but but 2004 StubHub began and so by 2008 2009 like they were rolling and it so after hiatus was an entire ticket scene for fish you know it was like a whole new world and uh it was a big smack in the face and, and us, you know, having been web developers for, I don't know, like 15 years at the time, or maybe a little less 13 or something. um, We were like, something needs to, something needs to happen here. So we were on vacation at my parents house in Florida and we started talking about it. And we, at night we were just, um, we started building this site and it was called, Cash or trade for your extra.com. <laughs> I think you should have kept that. That's perfect. Can... <laughs> it was a little long a little, yeah. lot of letters. Uh, yeah. we were like, what the hell? But um we went on tour that summer. We we you know, we skipped the uh those Hampton shows, unfortunately. Um and then uh what was it? Was it uh, Fenway? Fenway opened the tour. So we packed up our truck. We got um, we got like this handmade uh, metal frame rack so we could throw like bikes on the top and we brought our laptops. And uh, we hit the tour and set up our tent, our cash or trade tent with a banner and uh, coding the site along the way. And um, we came up with the idea of having a bulletin board, like a small little bulletin board and people at the tent with slips of paper would fill up their trades and just post them to the board. And yeah, it was, it was cool because it was our low tech version. And I mean, we still do it today cause it's fun. Um, but yeah, that was, that was an awesome tour, man. It was, that was the only full tour that we, I've ever done was uh, that one in 2009. And, um, we would hit up Starbucks with the Wi-Fi, and we would just sit there with our laptops and update the site as we went based on people's feedback and ideas. And, um, by the end of the summer, we had 5,000 members.
0: Wow. That's pretty cool. And so that was, um, what, eight years ago now. Um, and I'm sure that they're like, you guys are in a totally different place than you were then. Um, what were some big, big turning points or lessons you learned along the way between then and where you are now?
2: Gosh, there's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I could say there's a lot of growing pains. Um, you know, it was smaller back then and it was somewhat manageable. And although we were pushing our web design off to the side and spending more and more time on cash or trade, um I would say one one major thing would be that like there's a lot of ideas it's positive, some of it's negative, you know, um, you gotta stay true to your mission and keep driving forward, um, certainly accept accept feedback, you know, listen to your users. Um, what we liked most about Cash or trade is that it always felt like a group effort to us and that our users have always been able to offer ideas and then we could code them in and try them out. You know, not all of them work. Um, you know, some people are just negative right off the bat, don't want to give you any support. And you got to learn not to let that drag you down because there's still a lot of people who love it. And, uh, you know, you get support and you keep moving forward. So
0: it's interesting i've worked on a couple startups and i'm working on one now and like you if you tell someone you're working on something and ask people for feedback you could you could spend all your time reacting to people's opinions right um mm-hmm. everyone has thoughts everyone has advice everyone has like why don't you do this or maybe you could do this or maybe you shouldn't do this parsing that through through that maybe is most mostly related to what you said which is just like what's best for the vision we have or the mission of the company, um, organization. Cause that's, man, it's hard to, it's hard to, you know, navigate sometimes.
2: Yeah, it it is. I mean, you can't do it all, you know, and you got to find something that's a good in between. Um, so yeah. And what, um, what, what,
0: where are you guys now? Like in terms of the, the number of bands you, you cover and, and
2: all that. Um, probably around 3000 different, uh, performers.
0: Um, I would not have guessed that, you know,
3: but yeah. And, and people may not realize that because you can actually go in and create any performer and their, their, uh, <clears throat> shows and stuff like that for requests and, or tickets that you're selling. I did that recently, uh, to try and find uh Lady Gaga tickets for my wife. And oh, I mean, nice. nobody in the community was into Lady Gaga, so it didn't work. But the fact that I could go yeah. on there and not just, you know, do StubHub or Craigslist or something and, that's, and say, hey, you know, is there anybody out there that's got Lady Gaga tickets that's that are willing to sell them for face? It's cool. I mean, it, it definitely, you guys have created something that stretches beyond the jam world and, and can be a, a general platform for fair ticketing.
2: Thanks. Yeah. Um, Lady Gaga, we um, recently created a, a Facebook group and a Twitter account for Lady Gaga and uh, cuz we've had some some of her tickets pop up um, and part of our system now is that like when you post on Cash or Trade that it will auto post to a number of Facebook groups and Twitter accounts as well so if it's Lady Gaga let's say playing in New York City or something it'll post to the New York City or the New York group it'll also post to the Lady Gaga group and a post to the cash or trade group. So, you know, it gets exposure. And that's what we're trying to teach people that even if you're just looking for a ticket, um, it can't hurt to make an ISO post in search of. And um, it gets it out there. And, you know, there's a good chance somebody else. Um, obviously, we don't have a lot of Lady Gaga fans yet, but that's one sort of strategy that we're doing to get into um, other genres.
0: Nice. And I should say it's been, we've been talking for 20, 20 minutes or more um, and we haven't said what cash or trade is, but I just sort of assumed that everyone who's listening knows. But um, Brando, I guess, you know, what Matt said is the way I would summarize it is that you guys have helped create this this place where people can go and find and find and sell and trade um, face value tickets, which is incredibly important in our scene and becomes more important as technology improves. But what would you say about cash or trade for those people who are listening but maybe aren't actually familiar or haven't googled you yet
2: <laughs> good good call yeah i should have said that first um cash or trade is the world's first social network where fans buy sell and trade tickets for face value and avoid scalping awesome
0: yeah scalping is it's getting worse right i don't know the details of the technology or Really details <laughs> much beyond what I just said, but it does seem to be getting worse. Is it getting worse in your opinion?
2: Well, it certainly has. Yeah. Um, there's been a lot of advancements in the industry and um, a lot of corruption as well. Um, like I was saying, pre fish hiatus, you know, scalping was a whole other caliber. And uh, because of the onset of sites like StubHub and other secondary reseller sites, um it sort of opened up a playground for brokers to use high tech hacking programs called scalper bots and they're basically bot programs that go through the checkout for you as if you were a human person and buy well some scalpers have been known to request up to 200,000 tickets in a day so <laughs> When these <laughs> they just really want to see the show tickets go on sale, man, they run their bot programs and they're running like overseas and through proxy servers and all sorts of shit and uh I mean they are literally buying a thousand tickets in the first minute, like so you know the game has changed entirely as far as what it used to take to score a ticket as a normal fan um. And then you go to sites like StubHub and it's said that about one half of the people on there are. So really what's happened here is there's no transparency in the community. You have no idea who you're buying the ticket from and if you can trust them. Um, They're marking the tickets up like 100, 200 times like the price. Uh. The fees are, they don't even really tell you how much the fees are um, because higher demand events, they like to jack up the fees. But sometimes they range up to 25%. And um, and, and both the buyer and the seller get charged a fee. So, um, you know, the seller, just to get their money back, they have to scalp their ticket up like 25% just so they can get their money back the model of today is about creating inflation in the market you know if if you can get these tickets to be posted to your site for more and more money then you make more money on the fee so so right from the beginning like you said about posting those tickets that they don't even have people we've seen stubhub post listings for tickets before they go on sale even so you don't have those tickets yet. They didn't go on sale, uh, but they're they're trying to get the ball rolling for newcomers to inflate their tickets as well. Oh, this guy's selling his ticket for three hundred. For three hundred too.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's crazy. What tell everybody who's not familiar um, about the uh, the gold member program because I think that's a, a really important part of what you guys do. That it's obviously there's the um, the sort of free level that you can go in and just make postings and uh, anybody's you know welcome to to peruse the tickets and to buy the tickets from everybody else. Um, but what does the the gold membership get you?
2: Okay, well, much like most apps of today, there's like always the free version, and if you want like some extra features, you can unlock them um, with a paid subscription service, and that's what our gold membership. So when you become a gold member, you can sign up for ticket alerts, so you can receive like a push notification or a text or an email um, when a ticket is posted that you're looking for. And really, it just only adds some convenience, you know, so you don't have to be on the website all day refreshing it. When a ticket pop- <clears throat> pops up, you can actually be notified. Um, you can also reply within the first 10 minutes, where if you're just a free user, you have to wait those 10 minutes to reply. Um, so there's a bit of a delay. And then the last fee is that you get to renew your post often much like a, a Craigslist posting or a Facebook posting and like a group, it'll work its way down because it's a chronological listing as more people post. So with the renew button actually really helps to just like bump it back up and you can bump it every hour if you want. And it keeps it in clear view for others to see.
3: Well, I'll, I'll sell for you guys right now. I, I, I've been a gold member for a couple of years and There's probably at least a dozen shows that I've gotten tickets to, um, thanks to that those those features, and um, it, it takes a level of anxiety off of the initial on sale. Because I usually feel like, okay, well, you know, I struck out on Ticketmaster, but I can go ahead, I can set my alerts and I'm going to be in tune with what, uh, what tickets are out there that are being posted by the community, by people who, you know, want to sell tickets just, just for face. So it's, uh, it's a, it's a very valuable feature that it, for anybody that, uh, has not signed up yet. Great. Thanks. Yeah.
0: Same. I'm a gold member. Nice. Um, and we, I think it's it's cool that like when we do have extras to shows, which, You know, extras to shows in this year in 2017 have been rare and hard to come by, (laughs) given that there's been one venue. Um, But, um, you know, it's cool that like if you have an extra and you go, you talk to your friends and like your close friends, everyone's cool. Like everyone has their ticket. You just go to cash or trade, you know, because that's that's one of the things I like about It's like, you know, that you're going to get a ticket to someone who appreciates it. And it's not just like going to who knows who knows where on StubHub or, or even through Craigslist locally, um, which is like sort of hit or miss. So, so I really appreciate it.
2: Thanks. I mean, I think you just said it there. I mean, that's really the root of what we're trying to provide. You know, all these other services to so have like that no transparency, as I was saying, and, and you will like, you're ever transacting with another fan. I mean, frankly, because they're ripping you off, you know, but, but now here's a platform where real fans come together, people who value the experience and want to pass it off to someone else equally, you know, and they're just excited to one, get their money back and two, to like, you know, get a g- great review from somebody who's like super thankful and uh, it only builds their credibility to score tickets in the future. So, you know, the more reviews you have and the better you build your profile, uh, you a fan in the world for people to see and, uh, and other people, Other fans want to like reward that behavior and give back.
3: Now, I guess the the other side of that, um, now that we've buttered you up is, uh, (laughs) that the, the the platform has grown significantly. And as RJ kind of hinted, there's, there's a lot of shows, particularly because this is a, this is a fish podcast. We'll talk about fish, Mm -hmm. um, that it seems like you guys are, have seen a huge surge in activity, um, if evidenced by nothing other than the fact that you know, as I, I'm I'm currently looking for for MSG tickets for for the New Year's run, um, there seems to be some tech struggles right now, uh, replying to posts, you know, getting things to load when you get those push notifications. So, mm-hmm. what are you guys seeing in terms of that ramp up of activity, and what are your plans to uh, to, to mitigate that?
2: Yeah, totally. I mean, we're—I think we're about like 132,000 plus members now. Wow. And roughly 2,500 sign up a month. Wow. So the growing pains have been big. Yeah. (laughs) Not gonna lie. Amazing. So, um, you know, last November was the first time uh, my my brother and I actually sold our web design company. And um, I became full-time on this as it was a side product for a long time. It was fun and great, but now it's like, okay, this is too big, you know? So we've been in the process and all year long uh, have been developing a whole new platform on the side. So it's been a ton of just maintain the current site and the current platform uh, but, to also develop an entire new one on the side um, uh, as well as progress like the marketing and the pushing of the current current site so uh, yeah there 's been a lot of growing pains. Uh, the apps have been super difficult. We got ourselves involved in the Android and the iPhone app, and you know all these different platforms uh, we have the web app too. If you go to dot, so there's really four platforms. So whenever we wanted to launch a new feature or a new change, it had to be developed across four different places, you know. Uh, So that that was crazy. And this new platform is going to help us uh, sync across all devices and all platforms. So it's really going to provide us a new foundation where we'll be able to roll out many new tools. And, um, so 2018 is going to be huge for us We're we've been building up and, and we're really ready to like roll this stuff out. We've been taking it back for like the past few years since we launched that last site. I mean, that, that site's a few years old now. And, um, you know, we've generated a whole bunch of feedback, a lot of different ideas of how we can make just the process more efficient and, uh and quicker and better for everyone. Um, So we're really looking forward to having this new foundation, this new platform, and then we're going to start rolling out a ton of new features and really change the way that things go down.
0: So what, what about during those times, like right now, for example, it's probably a busy time for you to come on and talk on a podcast when you guys have like probably peak peak demand, at least since, since the summer, right. For you guys. Um, just on the, you've talked a little bit about the technology side. What about on the human side? Like, do you, is it, are you running around all day putting off fires? Is that like the nature of the, your existence right now? Or like, how does that, how does that change as like, as the site gets busier and you have more challenges?
2: Yeah, well, it's primarily a free service, <clears throat> but we still, have been wanting to offer the best service possible, so um, we've been staying on top of customer service as much as we can. So, free or not, so I mean, yes, that's been nuts. We not only get emails; I get people on Twitter, I get people on Facebook in my personal accounts. I get, you know, they come in uh, Instagram. I mean, they come in from all over. Which is uh, this? How streamline the support support process? You know, but we do have the feedback form on the website. The ultimate best way to get a response and have it handled efficiently is messaging us through the feedback form on the website. Capturetrade dot org slash feedback. Um, I mean, some days are not bad. Some days are okay. Uh, it can be anything from just a user who needs to like merge with an old account. Or, um, or maybe they're having trouble logging in, but sometimes it can be, uh, you know, something's gone wrong in this trade and often, um, we're able to pop into the discussion and mediate. Um, you'd be surprised more often than not, like both people are trying to be good. It's just, uh, it's just that it sometimes takes somebody to step in and be like, Hey, like, this is okay. This is how this process goes. And then they're like, okay, cool, and they both trust each other and move on. Um, so the, there's a, there's some mediation for sure, and, and some involvement with customer service um, as we reach this new site and have work out the bugs. You know, I think we'll be in a better position to handle those requests. Um, if I could say one thing about a recent bug on the iPhone app, was a 500 error when people were trying to reply we finally have targeted that and it's been solved.
3: <laughs> oh good that that's, so that you, was exactly what I was asking about earlier so it's good to hear that you guys have uh, you have a fix of that for uh, before the new platform.
2: Yeah, that was a crazy one. I mean, we upped the size of the servers we could because we thought it was just traffic spikes. Um, but it, it was actually think something server-based. It wasn't like our code issue. Um, but we, we kind of found a different service to use. Um, so it solved it. It had to do with images. But anyway.
3: So, that you know, you've hit yeah. on some of the tech stuff um, and, and the challenges, and you've talked about the new platform. But there's a there's a separate side of this, which is the community itself and the, the willingness of people to play fair. Um, because there's only so many restrictions that you can put in place. So what have you guys seen and done in terms of challenges with the kind of culture of the community and the way that um, that people interact? And I'll, I'll throw out one example that it feels like you've gotten past. Um, there was this trend for a while where people would put up, you know, okay, I'll sell you my... Uh, uh, you know, two floor seats for new year's Eve, but you have to buy 16 tickets to the 28th and the 400 level along with that. And it seems like a lot of that stuff has gone away. And some of, you know, some of the unfairness that people were doing. So how do you guys monitor that? And and what can you do to sort of police the community?
2: Great. Well, um, it's generally a, a member policed community. So there's the flag option. So if you feel you see something that doesn't seem right or that's outside our policy, we encourage you to flag it. It gives us a chance to review the post. If it gets five flags, it gets suspended automa- automatically. Um, but then we can review it and adjust it, and maybe even talk to the member to find out what's going on and to put it back up. Um thing uh, about is... Uh, is interesting. Actually, there's a lot, there's two sides to that. Some, some members don't agree with the bundled packages and and a lot do too. Actually there's a, another discussion just popped up recently in our cash trade group on Facebook about it. And it's interesting to see support of both sides of that one. We did, after getting lots of requests about, um, about people being annoyed about that feature, When you go to make a post now, we do have a note that says, "Handled packages, you know, like that seem extreme may be flagged and removed." We left it sort of open. They may be flagged and removed. We feel like there's a level to those uh, where it's just like, "Okay, you're overdoing it. You're you're ruining the spirit of what we set out to do." Uh, but at the same time, you know somebody's got like a New Year's ticket and they got like a twenty eighth ticket too, and they would just want to sell them to one person. It's, the it's four nights. That one's fine, you know. Like, like there's some levels there. Now, really, what you're talking about was one tour in particular. It was the uh, the Vegas run for Halloween. And for whatever reason, because it was Vegas and people had to fly out or whatever, nobody cared about the 28th. So there was an obnoxious amount of 28ths, like like we've never seen. And of course, everyone wanted the 31st. So being like, yo, I got four, I got six 28ths, but I do have one Halloween. You have to buy the whole package. Well... That seems like it was pushing
0: it. But then it. They, missed the, but they missed the golden age. They got screwed.
3: That's how you solve the problem. You just tell Fish, hey, can you guys kick ass <laughs> on the first night? And then everybody's going to want it.
2: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And yeah. well, technically, yeah. that's what they do, right? I mean, I'll never forget uh, when I decided to skip the Utah show and keep on drinking. And they did Dark Side of the Moon <laughs> you know? uh, on the West Coast. So, Damn. Uh, yeah, so the bundle packages is is you know a difficult one, but um, I think most fans have kind of worked through it and If you do see something that seems extreme, flag it and we'll we'll talk to them about it um usually like same venue, same run, same band that's not so bad if it's like I got a ticket to a different band on the other mm. side of the and they wanna <laughs> b- bundle that with another band. And you have to buy the two, yeah, yeah. That's not right.
0: Well, it's interesting. So you guys, I guess, first of all, like to use some Silicon Valley jargon, this is like within the fish community. It's this is a ripe ripe for disruption, right? Um, the the ticket situation is, and I, I know that you guys have helped improve it. What do you see as sort of the future of you know staying ahead of those challenges or, or the technology, and and do you think that you guys have have made a difference in terms of how tickets are, are. Um, have you made it easier for ha- hashtag real fans to be able to get tickets? Absolutely.
2: I mean, you know, like I said at the beginning, there's always those people. I mean, look, ticket go, tickets go on sale at uh, through Ticketmaster. People are complaining. Tickets go on sale through lottery. People are complaining. Tickets go on sale on cash for truck, cash or trade. People are complaining, you know, I mean, it, not everyone's going to score. Story know? of my life. But, you know, these are hard demand tickets. And, you know, we're talking about fish on New Year's Eve. I mean, yes, that's, that's a very hard ticket, especially after the Baker's Dozen. And all those New York City people who might have, may have gotten turned on to fish after that amazing run are now, like, definitely wanting to be there for New Year's um, The demand is even more high.
3: Yeah. It's, it's like, consider for just a second, the fact that perhaps there's more than 20,000 people that want to see this band on this night. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
2: (laughs) But, um, you know, this, this new year's run already, we've had over 2,700 new year's run tickets sold. Wow. Um, That's pretty cool. Yeah. So, I mean, like people are scoring and, you know, we, you know, we've thought about ways to we ha- we have the reviews and the review ticker and stuff, but we thought about ways to show people more about like the numbers numbers of tickets in certain categories that are being bought and sold so people can see more statistics. But um you know, when five hundred people reply to a trade, you know, this guy is getting bombarded with replies because he's got a New Year's ticket and like you know some people get upset that he didn't reply back, and uh you know he's he's got hundreds of he can't reply to everyone but um but we're working on the system to make that better, so he can reply and and you know fill people in and um stuff like that but
0: uh yeah, it's hard to know if you built the original i mean you guys both know more about technology than I do, but building a site based on what you know five years ago is it's, you know technology changes quickly so. I assume you guys are trying to make quick make fixes, but it's cool that you have a that you have a new new platform in the works that'll be out in 2018. Um, we have a few minutes left because I want to make sure we get to some some fish discussion and music. Um, you guys did a, a an event recently, and this is sort of switching gears again, more back on the community side. The strangers feeding strangers. Was that the first sort of community um, focused event you've done? And can you tell us a little bit about that and how it went?
2: it was the first fundraiser we've done. And, uh, yeah, that was super cool. Um, we were raising money for the local food shelf here in Burlington. And, uh, it was right before Thanksgiving. And for about a week, uh, we took 50% of the proceeds, um, from, uh, our gold memberships and, uh, gave it towards the food shelf. And, uh, they were able to um they were able to give I think let's see, I think it was up to six thousand meals. Six six thousand meals for people in in Vermont and the surrounding area. Um yeah, that was that was pretty awesome. We were super excited about that. That's cool. And
0: do do you want to keep do you want to move more in that direction or do you have other plans or ideas for kind of how you continue to use the community offline to help help promote the mission?
2: Yeah, we have a lot of ideas. Um, you know, Cash or Trade, much like Ben and & Jerry's and 7th Generation and Fish and Bernie Sanders, we're all from Vermont. And Vermont has always been about for the people, uh, the good of the planet quality ingredients, quality food, you know? So we want to continue to embody and embrace those social ideals. Um, so yes, so, you know, cash trades for the people, I mean, it's face value tickets, it's, you know, anti-profiteering. Um, but we definitely want to be more involved in more like environmental initiatives and social justice aspects. And, um, yeah, it's definitely going to be part of this model as we go forward.
3: Being in Burlington, um, have you guys gotten any sense that the, the band or band organization for fish knows who you guys are or, or, you know, have, have any reaction to what you're doing?
2: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. They knew who we are. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) I mean, we've been around for a long time. I've talked with, you know, fishmen probably more than most. I see Mike on a regular basis. Um, but, uh, Um, you know, water wheel and stuff and, um, uh, yeah, you know, it's, you know, explore more ways in which we can work together with them. Um, yeah.
0: Right on. Um, so Brando, first, last question before we get into the, the music, um, what are you guys most excited about for, for 2018? It sounds like there's the, the, the new website. Um, but what, what,
2: what's most exciting to you looking forward? Um, we're, I mean, the platform's going to provide the foundation we need, but, uh, this year is a chance for us to take cash or trade to the next level. Um, we've been talking with some potential investors. Um, we have some plans to open up into other genres. Um, but, uh, but first, yeah, the platform and the new features we have, Um, I think will really set us up for the next step. Um, Basically, it's a $9 billion industry. Uh, They say it's going to grow to $15 billion before uh, 2020. And it's a global industry. And we feel that cash or trade could definitely, um, you know, provide or or obtain a, a decent amount of that market share. I mean, well, we don't, you know, say that we're going to be, you know, taking over all sites, but like there's definitely a large number of jaded fans who are tired of being ripped off and they're tired of the way things are. And they've been turning to their social networks to buy and sell tickets, but it's not a proper to act or leave a review. Uh, and that's really where we come in. We want fans to come together and have that transparency. <clears throat> so what's the
0: value proposition when you get beyond like the mission of, you know, do good by the fish, you know, jam band hippie community. Cause I, I wonder if people in other, um, genres, if it's a different value proposition, you're pitching to investors or, or potential users, like, or, or is it, don't get screwed over by scalpers. Is that a universal message, I guess?
2: Um, I mean, it's basically just like, sure, there's the face value and don't get screwed by scalpers, but it's just kind of the larger concepts that the average model of today is about inflating the market and and kind of ripping the people off. And uh, very simply, there's a lot of room for uh, a ticket site that involves real fans to um, buy, sell, and trade at a, a fair price, you know, and, and to gain some credibility for it. You know, really, they're not catering to their fan base or their consumers. They're, they're exploiting their consumers. And, and that's where the disruption comes in, where cash or trade is going to be the industry-disrupting idea because it's offering what the consumers have been dying for for years. So, uh, you know, sure fans might be a little bit more fish fans might be better about, you know, doing things at face value. But what we found is if you didn't buy those tickets to scalp in the first place, chances are you're just as happy to pass them off and, and, you know, gain the review and get your money back. You know, unless you profit from the beginning, we find that the average fan is, you know, just like you and me, we're not scalpers. You know, and uh, if you think about the number of people right now in America alone who have a ticket in their pocket, probably millions of people right now with that ticket in their pocket, and that ticket's probably an average value of a hundred bucks, you know, so right there, it gives you an idea of like market size yeah and potential that's really cool
0: and i I love what you guys are doing i I appreciate the service a lot, but I like the the vision is is cool. I think it could go go much bigger than where you guys are now um well thanks for for filling us in on that and for all the work you've done building cash or trade we appreciate it
2: yeah thank you
0: um so we're going to get into some music so we went back and forth a little bit on the music but um what we settled on was tis the season for for new year's run shows and um what you um what you chose was the new year's 93 which you mentioned at the very beginning of our conversation so sort of coming full circle here. Most people are familiar with that, that set three, which we're going to play with, you know, at least at least the debut of the Down With Disease riff out of All Lang Syne. That's like a, an all time classic. And plus, it was on FM radio. So the, the sound quality is amazing. Um, tell us your take on, on that show, because because I could talk about that set all night. But um, what, what's your what's your take?
2: There's nothing like the energy of that show. It was it was a major pinnacle of their career. Um, you know they had been building themselves up, and then bang, Worcester Centrum packed to the gills. You know I think it was their first venue of that size mm-hmm. um, that they were completely able to sell out. Uh, the following spring or summer, they released Hoist. That was their first national album. So you could just imagine what they were feeling Mm -hmm. at that time in their career. They had been working their way up. They just did like a three night run and this was finishing off their new year's tour and, uh, and they were going national Mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah. So that new year's, they had the fishbowl set up on the stage and, um, what, what a killer stage setup! Uh It, it really did with the blue lights. It really mm-hmm. did look like they were playing at the bottom of a fishbowl. Like, awesome. yeah. We'll, we'll then, post a
0: picture of that in case people haven't seen it. Cause it's pretty cool.
2: Yeah. I mean, it was so creative. And then they came down from the ceiling wearing like fins and stuff with the big clam in the back and playing all Lang Syne. And, um, you know, in New Year's in the past, like, 14 New Year's shows since then. <laughs> I, like, I've done, like, almost every New Year's run I could. Um, that's awesome. But,
0: like, I've never seen a New Year's Eve show. Oh, but I'm going to change that. Yeah, I'm going to change that this year. Nice. This year. Good for you. That's excellent. Yeah, so 14, that's a lot, man. Um, sorry. It's a go hell ahead.
2: of a party. <laughs> <laughs> After you go, it's hard to not do that again. Yeah. Um. But, uh yeah, they they came down and played "Auld Lang Syne," and that that night, like you know, sometimes sometimes Trey like kind of plays doesn't play a lot of "Auld Lang Syne" and then moves, but this one like he really plays it, and and to me, I like to hear that song on New Year's before like you you quickly run off into another tune, you know, because uh, it's just that moment, and and you're hugging and kissing everybody, and you just you need a second, reflect kind of, and then. And then he breaks out into this jam that no one's heard of yet. And it's the Down With Disease jam that we didn't realize until Hoist came out. And we had the tapes and we're like, holy shit, that's the jam. Like Nobody knew what that was. And that's why it was just amazing. And and the energy was like, I think there was like a stop between like any of those songs or it didn't feel like it, you know, they were just like one tune to the next. It was just nonstop, like madness. That was my favorite for show.
0: And Brando, I think what, what we're going to hear in this set is just, it's, it's very, it's incredibly um, celebratory, you know, the whole show, every jam, the lizards, the, the hood, there are a few other things in there that just, like you said, they were, um, they're kind of on top of the world at this point. They were, they were just on the verge of what they knew was going to be a wild ride. Right. Mm. For sure. It's really awesome. Um, well, I think we should just, you know, we can send the, we can send the audience out on thinking about using this time of year to celebrate as fish did in 1993. You'll hear it clearly through the, uh, through the, I guess there are. Is it, is it technically a soundboard? Yeah, because it was on FM, right? What we're gonna hear. It's an incredible. The sound, the sound is awesome. We just. It's a good way to send everyone off and to be thinking about how awesome um, of a party it's going to be at MSG and 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 for those four nights. Um, Brando, thank you so much for what you've contributed to the community and, and what you and Dusty and, and many others have contributed. It's um really a great um great resource. We've been really happy to be affiliated with you guys and, you know, always go there first when I'm looking for tickets. So thank you for what you guys have done.
2: Thank you, guys. No, we appreciate it. I mean, Dusty and I always say that, you know, we have built, you know, we built the tech or we built the platform, but you guys make it happen. And that's really the truth of it because it's about fans coming together. So thank you and, and thank you all for... For helping and being a part of it and embracing yeah. the face. Well you
0: yeah, embrace the face. But you meant that you guys built it in the helping friendly podcast helps to, to make make it go, right?
2: Yep, exactly. Okay, cool, cool. Yep. I just want to make sure. <laughs> yeah, no, I appreciate it. And you know, I love what you guys <laughs> do as well. You know, this what you know, this podcast, this is what it's about. This is about the community and the fanship that exists. You know, that's what makes it so special.
0: Thank you, man. And it's been amazing that it took us 125 episodes to get you on. But um, hopefully it won't be won't be that long until we till we come back. But I, I love uh, embrace the face is a great is a great tagline. I think you should just just roll with it for the audience. Um, we're going to send you guys uh, with the third set of uh, December 31st, 1993 from Worcester, which, um, man, it's a, it's you're just going to want to get in your car and drive straight to MSG after listen to it, but, um, check it out. And, um, if you haven't yet, um, go to cashfortrade.org. check it out. Um, the gold membership that, that Brando mentioned is the, is the way to go. If you want to, if you're looking for tickets for anything really, um, but check out the site. And, um, if you haven't yet, please give us a review on iTunes. Um, it's helpful for getting other people to discover the podcast. And, um, I think that's it. Send us emails, thoughts, feedback. We have a long email address. It's helpingfriendlypodcast at gmail at gmail.com. But um, let us know what you think of us, especially what you think of Matt on uh, Twitter, Facebook, or um, <laughs> especially get in touch with Matt on Facebook, but, um, or you can email us at helpingfriendlypodcast at at gmail.com. So Brando, thanks so much for joining us.
2: Thank you guys.
0: Thanks, Matt.
5: Keep on rocking. leaned against the wall in gnarly armor He was eyes way to see the king Wilson, Wilson, Wilson He led me through the streets of pressure talking As he tried to crush a bug that scurried underneath his boot heel He said there was a place where we should go so he led me through the forest, to the edge of a lagoon, by which we wandered till we reached a lovely spring. The night grew very quiet as we stood there. He lifted up his visor, and he turned to me, and he began to sing. He said, I come from the land of darkness. He said, I come from the land of doom. He said, I come from the land of game head, from the land of the big bubble. But I never ever going back there, and I couldn't if I tried. Because I come from the land of lizards and the lizards And the lizards, they have died.
4: And the
5: lizards, they have He told me that the lizards were a race of people practically extinct from doing things smart people don't do. He said he was once a lizard, too. For the brave, and he was on a quest to save his people That the plague. Their clumsy end was perilously near. The lizards would be saved, he said, if they could be enlightened by the writings of the helping friendly book. In all of Persia, only one existed. And Wilson had declared that any person who possessed it was a crook. We said it come from the land of darkness. I come from the land of doom Said I come from the land of damage From the land of big baboon But I never remember going back there And I couldn't if I tried Cause I come from the land of lizards And the lizards, they have died ancient secrets of eternal joy and never-ending splendor the trick was to surrender to the flow we walked along beneath the moon and he led us through the bush till soon we saw before our eyes a raging river he said we can swim it if we try this the night dove in Forgetting that his suit of arms Would surely weigh him down And so he sunk And as his body disappeared before me I bowed my head in silence And remembered all the thoughts That he had thought He said I come from the land of darkness he said, land of he said I come from the land of doom He said I come from the land of image From the land of the big baboon But I never am going back there And I couldn't if I try Cause I come from the land of lizards And the lizards they have will lift it on her like a glass you shut her eyes it comes to pass apologize to Lucille. converse with Ed a drive with Jill look can find you in their worlds one by one a string of pearls Confused you just say this isn't me Your grass these the links into the climb The skin that drips down off the tree peels back slowly from your knee, erupts into your lung and heart. Oh, you laugh and laugh and laugh and laugh fall apart, laugh laughing, fall apart, laugh and fall apart, laughing, laughing, fall apart, laugh. laughing laughing for laughing laughing for laughing laughing for laughing laughing falling laughing 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 for 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 laughing 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 for laughing 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 I love call why love call why I I'm a dummy, I'm a dummy, I'm a dummy, I'm a dummy, I'm a She robs you clean. She's always afraid that she's not sure what she's worth. She's out of her mind. be associated
1: This is the word, this is the first word of the next song. Hold on, hold on. This is still. Can everybody say that word? This word turns into another word A little way through That other letter Is Under this one Ah, crackling Rosie Get on board oh, We're gonna rock Till the rain no more I'll go Taking it slow And right, Lord don't shouldn't time with a poor man lady hitching on the twilight train i that I can to take a long maybe a song just sing when I want don't need to say please to no man for a happy tune oh of my rosy child you got the way Make me happy with me We go inside Cracklin' Rose You're a store-bought woman mm-hmm. and you make me sing Like a guitar humming So hang out of me, girl the song keeps running on Play it now Play it now Play it now My baby Cracklin' Rose You make me smile i the day No, 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 no. Song, oh, you got that right, ah. Na 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 Yeah. Oh, when you're my rosy child, you got I the way, way to make, make me happy. Who would be going go sad? Rolls your store-bought woman. But you make me sing like a guitar humming So hang on to me, girl, A song keeps running Oh Play it now, play it now Ah, oh, baby, crack the and get on board We're gonna ride to the rain No more alcohol, taking it slow so ah. don't you? Need time of the poor man, lady. Yeah. Ba 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 ba. Ba 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 ba. Ba 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 ba. Ba 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 ba.
4: i yeah.
1: What's up, everyone? It's Joe, and I'm the host of That's Awesome with Joe, a podcast on the newly formed Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. I talk with tons of your favorite artists, managers, touring personnel, and more. Most of the time we talk about music, but lots of the time we end up talking about something completely unrelated. We laugh a lot. We do a lot of really stupid things, but also some things that are really informative and interesting. Basically, it's a podcast that I think you should listen to. Obviously, I'm biased because it's my podcast, but I think I might be into it if I wasn't the host. Check it out at SoundTalentMedia.com.